Welcome to the What's Next Longevity Deal Talk podcast. In this episode, the acquisition of LifeWalker Mobility by Journey Health and Lifestyle, plus what's coming up on the calendar and a special guest on that. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Mary Furlong. Mary, we've made it into March and spring isn't far away. Oh, from your lips to God's ears here in California, we've had rain and snow and sleep, so we're ready for spring. Um, but this session, we're very excited about and a lot to look forward this March. There is a lot. Uh, first joining us is Mitch Yole, CEO of Journey Health and Lifestyle. Hi, Mitch. Hi, Fred. It's great to be here with you and Mary. Thanks for inviting me. Terrific. And also with us is Mark McCutcheon, who is now with Journey Health and Lifestyle and was the Chief Financial Officer at LifeWalker Mobility. Hi, Mark. Great to be here. Thanks for having me as well. Nice to meet you, Fred and, and Mary and Mitch. We know each other well. <laughs> yes, we appreciate both of you coming on the podcast to talk about the deal. Absolutely. And first, Mitch, let's tell our audience just a bit about Journey Health and Lifestyle, what, what you do. Yeah, sure. Journey Health and Lifestyle uh, is about a 30-year-old company, actually, and we sell uh, products to uh, help seniors uh, age in the home. They help facilitate mobility, independence, freedom, dignity, active engagement in the community. Uh, we sell direct to consumer, and um, you know we're creating a trusted brand so that people have a place to go for objective information when they just need a little help uh, with, with their everyday lives. We are experts in equipment and technologies that can help people age gracefully in the home. And uh, I've been to the, your headquarters and I love the company. I love the kinds of solutions you provide and you solve problems for both seniors and for caregivers. And uh, that's right. I'm always inspired when I'm in there, the building, and, but you're going to a new building, right? In April. That's right. You know, um, I mentioned that the company is 30 years old. The legacy company name was First Street. Um, I came on about 19 months ago alongside a private equity investment. We saw an opportunity with the First Street business and their ability to communicate with seniors. Uh, and we, we came in and we have this investment thesis that I'll share more about. Um, but part of what we did was rebrand the, the company. And so we created the name Journey Health and Lifestyle. We brought in a, a bunch of new products. We're diversifying our marketing channels to increase our reach. Um, and we're meeting people where they want to buy. So we're increasing the number of sales channels they can buy from as well. And my strong belief uh, over the last 25 years at this sort of intersection of healthcare and business is that to build an effective company, of course you need great products and you need a great go-to-market strategy and you need to have business efficiencies, but ultimately you've got to build an incredible team. You've got to invest in your employees, in your people. They'll take care of your customers. Your customers will take care of your business. So one of the investments out of many that we're making into our employees is to provide them with a physical office that they can be proud to come to and work in. So we're very excited. We're, uh, we're gonna be in the West End of Richmond, Virginia. We're moving in in about three weeks um, into a beautiful new office building. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. And you know, my mother was from Richmond, so I have roots there and I can't wait to visit. So- Oh, thanks. Uh, can't wait so to host you. Yes, it's a nice place. Yeah, yes. <laughs> been there, been there in the diligence process. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
And of course you can attract new talent because the train goes right there too. That's right. <laughs> so you built a really great company and getting stronger by the day. So Mark, tell us about the background of the Life Walker Mobility. And you created the Upwalker about seven years ago, right? That's correct. Yes. So about seven years ago uh, in San Diego, California, which is where I'm located, um, a guy by the name of Dave Purcell had a passion to develop a mobility um, device for his wife who had a lot of severe uh, conditions. And um, he spawned the first prototype. Um, he brought together a pretty storied board of directors, um, people like Dr. Garfin who heads up UCSD Medical School and is a renowned back surgeon, Dr. Senier and um, Jim Berglund who storied venture guys as well as uh, Mr. Selwyn, who is a private banker on the City of Hope board uh, up, in, up in LA. And, and even um, we, we have Dr. Peter Farrell, who founded ResMed. So a, a group of folks that really appreciated what we were talking about earlier, Mary, and that's that mobility is medicine. It's one of the key core elements of, of as we age, as we, at any age, I, I'm a runner, we need to be out there and, and, and keep keep active. and. That was, you know, the goal here, as well as to help those that clearly couldn't, couldn't, um, you know, use the current assistive devices out there. About two years after that founding, uh, Craig Sugar came in as the CEO, passionate engineer and a direct consumer guy. So, between some patents about the way the unit is stable to ISO certifications, along with, you know, it comes out of the package fully assembled, so senior people don't have to assemble it. Um, a lot of thought went into developing what eventually became eight product SKUs, which is hard to believe because one size doesn't fit all and lighter might be better for some and indoor versus outdoor. So all that was, you know, meticulously thought about and developed over the last, you know, seven years and um, had a really kind of created the category. I mean, it's an, it's, um, an area that really um, has, has blossomed and it's something that can, can help a wide range of folk from recovering from certain surgeries to, you know, late later in life. Uh, we even had a, a study done at the Shirley Ryan Rehab Center Ability Lab um, that indicated that the product um, as upright, you would imagine, people are able to offload some of the, the weight and, and, and so less pain, go further, um, even oxygen exchange better. So um, really began this whole journey with, um, uh, you know, mobility as medicine and, and the team really pushed that. And obviously, as, as Mitch was saying, this has become more and more a direct consumer um, area. And that was something we started to embrace as well. And so um, that's kind of the, the story. And um, it, it's been exciting. It's uh, very passionate about, about the product and the space. Well, uh, Mitch, I think we just heard why, but take us back to the beginning here of how this deal to acquire LifeWalker Mobility came about. Absolutely. Well, I think it'll be helpful if it's okay with you, Fred. I'll just give you a little bit of the background of, of what the excitement was about the investors in Journey and then how LifeWalker became such a, a natural additive, accretive solution for what we were looking for. It was really an ideal acquisition. And it, it, it all goes back to the investment thesis uh, from June of 2021, um, when private equity group called Peloton and a new management team, including myself, took a look at First Street and saw a great company. 
a 29-year-old company that um, really had a few hit products that were being marketed through a single channel, print advertising, and a single sales channel, a call center. That was really it. And they had grown this great company uh, over the years. I'll, I'll spare you all the details. They'd grown this great company just on, on that. And we saw this opportunity in a direct response company like First Street to build a trusted brand. And, and how would we do that? First, you'd need the right products. You need a purposeful product portfolio, right? So we wanted to expand the number of products from a few mobility products and a lift chair to bath safety. What do you need for mobility in the home, out of the home? All kinds of um, you know, pain relief and um, lighting and hearing aids and supplements. So we had this whole roadmap of products and product categories that we wanted to get into. And myself and the management team that came in with me had a lot of experience in sourcing those types of products previously. We also saw a big opportunity to transform the company in terms of its marketing and sales strategies. So taking that single print strategy and adding in, first of all, television, direct response television, live shopping television, meeting people where they're watching, um, digital marketing. The company did not have a branded website at the time that we acquired them. So um, our vision was to take this this house of brands, right? These few products that they had and create a branded house where people would know the name they could go to for solutions. And then finally, we added even a fourth marketing channel, retail stores. Um, my previous experience was, was in the B2B space with durable medical equipment providers. And we have great products that some people wanna touch and feel before they uh, buy. And so we have a network now of retail solutions where people can do that. And we, we sell wholesale to them. And then we added sales channels from the call center to the website and e-commerce to the DME providers to VA facilities, um, you know, to an Amazon store that we just launched. And so we had this transformation strategy of diversification, more products, more marketing channels, more sales channels, all purposeful, all contained within the mission that we were trying to accomplish. And then we took a look at the filter of, you know, what's out there? What are we good at? And what are we not good at that someone else is good at? You know, we are a sales and marketing engine. We can take a great product and match it up and supercharge commercialization of that product um, through our marketing channels and sales channels. We are not manufacturers. We don't make the products. We source the products. The best match for us is when we can find a company that has an incredible idea. They've put all of their focus, energy, engineering resources into making a product incredible, and it matches with our mission, and they need scale. We can take it and do that. We also wanted to accelerate our investment thesis. So how do we get more marketing channels and how do we get more on TV and in the VA and Amazon stores and things like that? We took a look at LifeWalker. And first it checked the box. Does it, is it consistent with our, our mission? And when you take a look at LifeWalker and Mark said this, you know, I think really well, um, they invented a category of mobility. You know, I, I'm personally, I'm a physical therapist. That's how I started my career. And physical therapists have been putting platform attachments on walkers, well, I, for decades, let's just say that. 
Um, but what Upwalker did that was so special was, was take what someone was sort of, you know, like putting an attachment on top of a product that was designed for something else and instead building a product from the ground up intended to do um, what that makeshift product was doing, right? Upwalker was the first to build it from the ground up, designed to reduce pressure on the back, reduce pressure on upper extremity joints, give control and safety, you know, to a user who needs more mobility. And then they supported it, not just with a great idea from an engineer, but with clinical trials, with testing, with validation. And there's countless testimonials as you start to look into LifeWalker. It's really an incredible product and really series of products, as Mark mentioned. And uh, it's the standard by which other upright walkers are measured, period. And if you look at the evidence for that, in the last several years, there went from being zero competitors to probably, I don't know, seven you know, competitors. It's just people are trying to copy, emulate, whatever nice word you want to put on it, what Upwalker has already accomplished. And they're trying to do it with cheaper materials, without the clinical trials, without the validation and testing. And, and so Upwalker has been winning. And we'll talk about you know, why Upwalker wanted or, or needed to sell. But in terms of what attracted me to the business, it was first the product, and then I took a look at how do they go to market? And, you know, Upwalker has a, a great marketing plan for television. We wanted to accelerate television because their product is, is clinically so efficacious. The Veterans Administration was a major sales channel uh, for Upwalker and not really a major one for, uh, for Journey. And so that was, was very attractive. And then finally, Journey, I wanted an Amazon store because that's where people are shopping nowadays for Journey. And it's hard to build up an Amazon store. It takes time. It takes reviews. It takes years. And those are years that Upwalker put into it. And if you, if you go on Upwalker's Amazon store, which Journey is now actually a part of, you'll see five-star reviews, you know, hundreds of them. Um, maybe it's thousands. I haven't looked, but it's, it's a lot. <laughs> a so, lot. <laughs> you know, you put all of that together and it was really a no-brainer. Uh, you know, Mark can speak to why LifeWalker wanted to sell, but I know why I wanted to acquire LifeWalker, <laughs> why my team did. Um, and it really has checked all those boxes for us and, um, and been great so far. So, um, yeah. I really appreciate that. I like the way you took us through the investment uh, from Peloton into First Street and then how you looked at the deal. So Mark, tell us why this made sense for you. Sure, no. Um, well, a lot of things that Mitch said actually echoed with our side in terms of the opportunity to, to join with Journey. We, we really built a very capital efficient model. We kept our headcount very low. We partnered everything out pretty much. Um, and that's from call centers to third-party logistics for fulfillment, um, advertising, marketing. And so we had a decision. We either had to go raise significant capital and start bringing some of that in-house, um, or um, we, we could sell, sell the product. And Journey was well on their way to um, you know, putting, putting together the team, and, and they already had um, a lot of the, the areas that we would need to you know, embrace. And so the decision was, was pretty, pretty clear from who our, 
who would be a good buyer. You know, we had a single product and, and Journey obviously has multiple products. It's hard to be a single product company. So it, it made a lot of sense from a business, from business standpoint. And um, we also saw their passion for the space. Um, they, they, you know, they did listen to us and how, you know, they, they were willing to kind of, you know, it wasn't, it was just a very, um, a positive interaction in that regard. So it, it made a lot of sense for us to further the brand or else we would have, you know, the other option was to raise money. And this is also a challenging environment, as you know, to, to do that. So um, just a lot of things lined up, stars, and, um, it, you know, and here, and here we are. <laughs> How quickly did it happen? So it, it was about a six month process. Um, and that was, uh, uh, you know, from the kind of the beginning of signing something to, to getting the deal completed. Uh, there was a lot of interactions along the way that I think led to a good transition. Um, and, uh, you know, it takes time to get these done. We were joking that, you know, it, whether it's small, big, whatever, it, it takes a while to get all the boxes checked and and um, and and managed and sometimes in private deals that you know it also has extra things to figure out that you know like a publicly traded company might not have. So it's uh, I, I think it, it it took a while, but we we got there and um, uh, we're, we're we're smiling now. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Mitch, tell us. I mean, there were investors in, involved with this, and can you discuss that? And yeah. I don't know if you can discuss uh, the terms at all. Well, the terms haven't been disclosed, but I'll certainly share a little bit about the deal and, and the investors and how we structured things. Um, so, you know, Journey, uh, majority shareholder, you know, is Peloton Equity. Of course, we have, uh, you know, limited partners and, and banks and investors, um, you know, that, that all have a seat at the table. Um, we have, uh, you know, board meetings that consist of, of, you know, three members from Peloton, um, an outside expert in call centers, and then, uh, you know, myself and two uh, co-executive chairmen uh, who came over as part of really the new management team also uh, from Drive to Vilbus Healthcare, the company I was at before Journey. Um, we're very close with our investors on our side. We're very open, candid, and um, transparent with them. Um, we're we're meeting with them not only during quarterly board meetings, but but really monthly in between and and on the phone in between that and sharing ideas and getting a, a expertise and advice. Um, so this was sort of well vetted and and thought out and and everyone was sort of aligned. Um, you know, I'll let Mark speak to the investor side on uh, the LifeWalker side. Um, you know, but but for us, we structured the deal as an asset purchase transaction. We acquired substantially all of the assets of Upwalker, including patents, trademarks, intellectual property, product designs, brands, customer lists, all of the intangibles as well as the products. Um, the, the purchase price was not disclosed, but it was based on a multiple of the book value of the assets acquired. It's been highly accretive to journey. Um, there is, um, I don't think there's any issue with us disclosing that there's a nominal royalty payable to the sellers based on net sales of the products over a prescribed period of time and, and you know, subject to a cap on the payments. Um, you know, we did an asset transaction, so we're, we assume some of the uh, only really certain liabilities set forth on the balance sheet, uh, certainly didn't assume any liabilities 
related to the operation of the business prior to closing, you know, uh, the closing date. But, um, you know, right now we're in a, a transition period. It's been extremely amicable. I can say that um, the LifeWalker team cares deeply about their customers, about the products. They want to see their baby succeed, um, you know, and they have a voice in that uh, moving forward. Um, you know, and it's it's been a, a great first uh, you know, transaction, uh, you know, for journey for sure. Wow. I, I met Mitch and I, we're going to be good friends. No, <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> so now do you have the San Diego office? Do yeah, exactly. I'd be out here golfing the Torrey Pines more often. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite, quite a good uh, place. Uh, well, you know, this is another big deal for San Diego because the uh, Best Buy deal of uh, Great Call was also San Diego. That's yes. right. That's yeah. right. That's right. We're, That's we're very company. close to that one as well. well this was uh, really impressive, and I can see why you're so excited, and we appreciate you stepping through for our audience uh, the aspects of the deal. So we look for forward to great things to come. Thank you. It's it's such a pleasure being here. I really appreciate you and Fred and the opportunity. And, and thank you to Mark also for joining us. Sure. I'll probably talk to you five minutes from now, but uh, it's great <laughs> to see you, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> likewise. And uh, just finally, Mark, the, the integration process here, the, you and others who, who've come over into Journey Health, I assume that's been going pretty well. It, it has. No, I would echo uh, Mitch's sentiments. Uh, you know, I've been through a number of these on the buy and sell side, and I would say this one, you know, Journey's been very professional. Um, they communicated clearly what you know the expectations they had, um, and and that's that's been fulfilled. Um, and it's been um, you know they 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 just are very deep and talented in a lot of areas. I mean, some of our strongest vendors. Uh, they have much longer relationships with than we even had. Uh, so that's helped with the transition and keeping things rolling and in fact, improving terms in some cases. And our, one of our largest B2B customers is a very, uh, <laughs> they're very close to. So you can imagine that that makes for a lot easier transition and, and some comfort that, you know, our baby is in, in good hands. And um, <laughs> again, everybody's been really professional and communicated clearly. So it's, uh, I would say it's gone very well, and and I've been in ones where it hasn't been that way. So, uh, I I congratulate. You know, uh, think I think Mitch and the Journey team got a great product, um, and I'm I'm passionate about seeing it um, used in elderly people I know. And uh, we have a gentleman who's had Parkinson's that's been with us since 2017, and so it's just you know it's one of those things that you know you really feel like it's uh, important for 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 the work that we're doing. You're so right. I, I love the innovation in this industry. I remember one year, Mitch, we I gave, I think, the light, the lamps that you carry. I think I gave nine people lamps. And wow. I love the notion that people who, the way you describe the deal, they, you know, the notion of the VA and Amazon, more people finding the products you have. And then, of course, another great product as an anchor product inside the portfolio. So, um, this was a textbook case and how to do a deal, I think. Yeah, so yeah, thank, thank you, you both and congratulations. Looking forward to that. Uh, Much appreciated. Seeing the story as it evolves. Thank so you. for more information, the site is shopjourney.com or you can go to Amazon, of course. And for info on the Upwalker, the site is upwalker.com. 
So, Mary, we are in the midst of a busy month here. Roots Tech took place at the end of last week in Salt Lake City, and they have a lot of content focused on family history online. The big South by Southwest conference is coming up in Texas starting this Friday. Yes, and we know there are many companies and organizations in age tech that are attending South by Southwest, but also ASA. Right. And uh, of course, there, there's more beyond that as well. The Center for Aging and Brain Health Innovation, CABI, has a virtual summit taking place on March 22nd. And then the American Society on Aging, as you mentioned, the ASA has its big conference slated for March 27th through the 30th. That takes place in Atlanta in person. And among those taking part is Age Tech Atlanta, where Jeffrey Gray is founder and CEO. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello, how are you today? So, uh, Jeff, we met about seven years ago, and I've been very impressed by your work with MemoryKit, but also the work you've had in building Age Tech Atlanta, and um, we'd like to hear more about that. Sure. Well, thanks for uh, inviting me to join. So, Age Tech Atlanta, uh, is a very close-knit community of uh, innovators and entrepreneurs, but also uh, VCs, investors, influencers, research educators um, that are all, you know, committed to helping each other, you know, really reimagine what aging uh, is all about. And while we're at it, I might add that we're really focused also on making Atlanta uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest city for aging, healthy aging for people, uh, not only aging themselves, but their loved ones. So we're committed to making our community better, not just growing uh, successful technologies. And you have many corporate headquarters in Atlanta. So Lori Orloff, the industry analyst, and I were using Ping this week to find out the average age of CEOs in the U.S. And it's in their 50s. And then we can see that they would have older parents. So we think that this issue of uh, is longevity on their mind, it will be across all of corporate America because we have more and more executives themselves facing issues related to caregiving and aging parents. So you have Coca-Cola in Atlanta, what are some of the other major corporations there and how are they beginning to look at the age tech market? Well, we have a lot. And uh, I just happened to hear um, one of Atlanta's leading, maybe the leading attorney for, for technology, John Yates, interviewed today. And I did not know this, but I believe we are number three in the U.S. for, uh, for uh, uh, Fortune 500 headquarters. Um, but certainly we've got, you know, UPS, Home Depot, Delta Airlines, the list goes on. A lot of folks have a second headquarters here. Um, one of the things that we see is, you know, let's just take an example like Delta. They're, think of how profoundly they're being impacted by the aging of the population that's booking, navigating airports and traveling on their planes. Um, it really goes so HTEC and, age, and the needs of people that are, are aging really cross all boundaries, right? Uh, there's really not any vertical or industry that's not uh, really profoundly affected and is presented with great opportunities too, right? Right. And then, of course, we've been part of 
ASA for many years, in fact, 20 years ago, did the first business plan competition at the Boomer Summit at ASA in San Francisco. And now we're coming up on our 20th anniversary. But wow. you're having your first annual AgeTech Innovation Showcase taking place at ASA this year, right? Yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. We connected with the folks at ASA uh, last year when we found out they were coming to Atlanta. You know, we really connected with their leadership team. So we're doing two things. And one is the Age Tech Challenge Innovation Showcase. And it's a pre-conference event. It gets sort of a kickoff uh, Monday, the 27th at 1130. And we just, the today, just about an hour ago, announced the 12 finalists as well. So um, we're excited about, about this event. We've got really great judges coming into town. Um, Max Zamkow from Third Act, Sarah Thomas with H Tech Capital, Ray Jang with uh, Primetime Partners, and then from Atlanta, Austin Poole with Panoramic Ventures. So, Ventures. So, I think these finalists are really excited to present live in front of a world class uh, field of judges. Hey, let's get a drum roll, Jeff. Tell us about the finalists. <laughs> yeah. So the, the Big 12 are Artifacts, um, who I know just got back from Roots Tech, as a matter of fact. Uh, Care, Care Advocacy, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. It's a company I'm really excited about. Art Pharmacy, Pear Suite, Lotus Laboratories, Care Work, Happy Talks, Determined Health, Nuvio, Audio, audio, cardio, core strata, and tally. And we got about a third of the companies, or there's four companies in there from Atlanta, uh, but really we saw applications from all over North America and uh, the, the folks that are presenting are from all over the US. So we have a lot of folks coming into town to present. It's not just, it's not just Atlanta age uh, tech companies. And, and Fred, a lot of our friends are there. So Greg Olson from the state of New York is coming along with Ted Fisher um, from Aegis Innovation and Intuition Robotics. And of course, Artifacts is quite special to us. They're a client of ours. So I know they're having an event, a mini event there. So it's exciting. I miss going to, to ASA and I miss seeing this, but I will be in the UK uh, judging oh competition on dementia where there are entrants from all over the world so i'll be in london we'll talk about that in a second so jeffrey uh, thank you you are also founder and ceo we should say of the memory kit uh, congratulations on, on your innovations thanks so much and uh, looking forward to see everybody who will be in town in atlanta for the conference and thanks for having me i really appreciate it and good luck to all the nominees and let us know the winner as soon as you find yes. out. Okay. Yes, we will. I'm really excited to see. I think the judges have their work cut out for them. So yes. we'll let you know who the winner is. I also want to point out what you were saying about the role that Atlanta plays for all of the people attending ASA in terms of the networking and some of the innovation there in senior housing and home care. So it's eye-opening to see how important Atlanta has become as a destination for innovation. It, you know, it is, and uh, in, in short, I think a big part of it, is, you know, real quickly, we formed this group casually about 18, uh, 20 months ago, and we realized in two months that Atlanta was actually a global leader without knowing 
that it was that we were. We just had all of these companies and all these innovators working, kind of not knowing they were in great company. Um, and I attribute, you know, some of it's just serendipity, but I do have to attribute a lot of it to the open um, philosophy of the city and good old fashioned uh, Southern hospitality. It's a welcoming place and a great place to start, uh, build and scale a venture. Yes, I, 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 you spent more time in Atlanta than Pasadena. Well, I have now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. When you and I first met, no, but since you and I met, I have spent, yeah, Atlanta. I, you know, I still consider LA my, my, my second, you know, hometown, but I'm here. I'm mostly here. Yes. So I see this almost as a real movement happening. There's a conference in LA this weekend called Abilities. And, yes. uh, and so that's another I've been to that conference, by the way, that's a fantastic conference. Right. Right. So I have a few friends attending that as well. Um, one of our new clients, Uplift, will be there. So thanks, Jeff, for being a part of this and help us get the word out on the podcast and on the conference and HTAC. I'll do it. Thank you. Great talking to you. You too. So Mary, as you kind of hinted, we're not quite done with the calendar yet. You're going to be traveling across the pond, so to speak, to be a judge at an international competition on brain health. Yes, and I feel very privileged to be asked to be part of this and interesting in seeing the plans and the innovations which have really come in from all around the world and um, also meeting the other judges and the people at the UK Innovation Center. So it will be an exciting march. And can you see the amount of activity in uh, the longevity market from Austin to Atlanta to Toronto? Um, to LA and then to the UK. It's exciting. And that's just this month. <laughs> yes. Oh, Fred. March, we've, our got, own... we've got more coming up uh, this, this summer too, don't we, Mary? Yes. Our, oh, and yes, our Longevity Venture Summit in June. This will be the 20th year. So we just put the challenge statement together for that. And uh, we expect a phenomenal number of investors to be participating in that conference as well. So, um, Lots to talk about on Deal Talk, but this was a great podcast for us, I think, today, because we covered the nuts and bolts of a deal in a very important way, as well as these conferences that are coming up that help people with networking. It's good for everyone to be back in person, right? Absolutely. And so we want to thank uh, Jeffrey Gray, Mitch Yol, and Mark McCutcheon for joining us. And thank you for spending time watching or listening. You can always find us along with our What's Next Living Longer, Better, Smarter podcast at maryfurlong.com slash podcast.